Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It's a pop-up Friday special edition episode. Myself, TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes, along with FSU soccer head coach Mark Krikorian. Coach, how are you doing today? Geez, I'm doing great. And uh, with the players are back. We're training, so it's uh, what all the coaches are looking for. But uh, more importantly right now, I get to share some time with you too. No, we definitely appreciate any any time we can uh, get to spend. We, we've we've had the opportunity, and the pleasure of chatting with a bunch of FSU coaches. It seems like every every new coach that we get a chance to talk with, we end up leaving that interview saying this was our favorite. So, congratulations on being our our new favorite. Until we talk to somebody else, probably in like a week or two. But thank you right now for being our favorite. <laughs> I'll tell you, it'd be nice if I was a favorite for my kids and for my wife. But I'll take I'll take whatever I can get. If this is what it is, then I'll be happy with it. We were uh, we were laughing off air. Um, Richie and I have been going back and forth all weekend, setting up certain times and this, that, and the other. And obviously, uh, we don't want to give anybody else too much shine, but there's another uh, somewhat notable Coach K out there. And I I said, you know, hey, when we do the interview with Coach K on Friday, and Richie's like, oh, we we have Coach K on. I was like, hey, I only recognize one Coach K here, and, and he wears garnet and gold. So uh, you had a funny story about Odell though with that. Yeah, yeah. So every time I see Od- Odell Higgins, he'll, uh, hey, here's the real Coach K. And uh, we'll have a good laugh about it and stuff. Uh, a good natured fun. And of course, uh, uh, the other one that, uh, what, what school is he at? Duke? <laughs> Something. Yeah. yeah so I, some job, yeah. <laughs> I think he, uh, I think he, I remember most from coaching Team USA. And yeah. speaking of that, the Olympics going on now, I heard you guys delayed practice just a little bit to watch. Uh, a gold medal match and we'll 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 start right there um gabby carl and and team canada winning uh, a gold medal how cool is it to have a uh gold medalist coming back to your team i know you've been missing her from practice and everything else but well, how proud are you of her and, and the team obviously but then being able to bring back the experience of legitimately winning a gold medal back to back to tallahassee and her in her final season here next year how this about year. that how the team went crazy uh when um uh, when when they ended up winning and um, special moment for 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 her for sure and uh, all of us here in Tallahassee we're thrilled to uh, uh, to have her be part of our team and uh, looking forward to to hearing about her experiences and how we we know that will help us in the long run as well but uh, uh, Gabby's a, a 4.0 student and uh, obviously an elite level player and uh, we're we're excited to get her back here and um, and uh, take a good look at what that gold medal looks like yeah we uh you know, I want to I want to focus more on this year, but it's it, we'd be remiss not to talk about last year and just like how weird it was splitting up the season, and then um, you know a lot of really intense finishes, a bunch of really good ones, and then one that wasn't so good at the end. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people that maybe aren't as familiar with soccer over the last couple of weeks talking on social media, and it seemed like in not only you guys' run to the national championship game, but also the Euros that were going on and the the Gold Cup and uh, the CONCACAF, like everything that was going on, so many games and so many matches ended in penalties, and, and it's a harsh way for, for games to end. Um, but can you talk about like the highs and lows of, of that run there um, at the end of the year? Again, I know it didn't go the way we wanted at the very end, but can you talk about that a little bit with us? Yeah, I thought that, uh, you know, we started our season in July and we went through the ACC final in November. 
And um, I thought we were really good at that point. Um, you know, we played uh, good soccer. We were um, f following the ACC final, ranked number one in the country, which we stayed throughout uh, the entire spring. Um, and um, and then through the spring, I thought we were very good as well. So we came back in January and then competed for the national championship, uh, I think it was May 17th, which is a really long season. So um, the uncertainty of COVID, the un uncertainty of whether the games are going to be played, the uncertainty of whether you're actually going to have an NCAA tournament or not. Um, credit to our players and all the players around the country, the, uh, the schools, the administrative teams, the NCAA, for being able to pull it all together. Uh, but to, to directly address your, your question, so as we got uh, down the stretch in the NCAA tournament, we were playing pretty well. Um, we ended up with three penalty kick games in a row. Um, we were, were quite good in the game against Duke, but uh, they defended pretty well. We ended up going into penalties and, and winning on that day. And then against uh, Virginia in the semifinal, uh, again, it was the same result, uh, um, ending in penalties. And again, we were able to uh, prevail in penalties. And then in the national final um, against Santa Clara, we had one nothing late into the game, gave up a goal. And that also ended in penalties. And on that day, um, um, we, we weren't successful. So um, it, it's harsh. Uh, it's it's uh, kind of a lousy way to win, a much worse way to lose. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, you know, I, I don't know that there's a better solution. As long as in the world game, you know, the World Cup, the Olympics, whatever it would be, that's how games are being settled. I think our players need to have that experience of, of learning that those pressure moments to prepare them for the big stage, which we just saw Canada um, win a gold medal on that big stage uh, through uh, through penalty kicks. So, um, you know, hopefully in, in the end there's some good that come out comes out of it. But uh, for me, I'm proud of our our, our team, our kids. Yeah. I thought they uh, had a great run last year, and it. Uh, you know, we have a, a very good team back again this year with some new players that have come in. And um, we should – I know a lot of times you guys are talking to coaches in the sandbagging and, you know, talking, wow, well, ah, rebuilding you. We, we got no rebuilding you. We got all kinds of good players. We got all kinds of talent. And uh, um, we're, we're going to be a good team. Yeah. No, I love it. I I love uh, I love the comments. We agree. I mean, you, you um, obviously have built – and in the athletic, the athletic department, you, you, your team, you guys have built something that's just incredible. That so many, um, so many FSU fans um, love. You know, like you know, really, especially with COVID through the last year and everything being so, so, um, you know, kind of tough and uncertain. I feel like fans really rallied around. You know, the programs that that did really, really well, right? Or really all the programs, but like the support for soccer and softball and just, you know, your, your Olympic programs was, was really fantastic. I agree with you. I don't really know how you'd change much up. I mean, cause after they've been running around for two hours, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that you can make them run much more, but we asked, uh, we asked Kaylee Mudge this in softball had a similar result, right? Made it all the way to the final and then ended up losing. But uh, you see so many times in sports, a team lose a, a, a finals or a Super Bowl or a national championship. I mean, you think about the Patriots lost one and came back and won the next two. The the Heat lost one and came back and won the next two. The Lakers lost one and came back and won the next two. So, um, you know, you've got the talent. You've got the, the folks in there returning, what, 10 out of 11 starters. Um, how much does that loss in that final game really drive everything that that you guys do to, to make you want that title even more this year coming up? Well, you know, I, I think in, in 
the focus that we have is it's a different team. It's a different year. We have a different schedule. The opponents will be different. Um, you know, of course, we'll play a very talented ACC schedule as well. Um, but I don't really go back and, and, and look at it in that way. I look at it, and we're going to be the best version of ourselves that we can be, and we're going to train this group to uh, be the be- best, most competitive team. For me, uh, you know, looking at the bigger picture, right, and, and sometimes as coaches we, we're not always able to do that. But I think if I have my numbers right, we've been here for 16 seasons and we've played in 10 Final Fours. And um, for me, one of the things I'm the most proud of is the consistency of the program. And I think now that we've been to five national championship games um, and we won two, uh, one of the things that I know is that you can be the best team. It doesn't necessarily mean on that day you're going to win. And um, I say that because in 2018, uh, in the semifinal, we beat Stanford. Stanford was the best team in the country that year. On that day we played them, we had the best execution of a game plan um that, that you could have and on that day we we're able to beat the best team in the country so we were national champions that year 2014 when we won our first national championship uh ucla was the best team they went out in the round of eight 2015 when we lost to duke in the semifinal we were the best team in the country so you know from from my point of view soccer is a bit of a different game and, um, you know, you get your group organized, you get them competing, you get some momentum going. Uh, but on a day, it can be a really cruel game. You're hitting the crossbar, you're missing chances. Um, you know, the referee may not side with some of the decisions that you think uh, are, are fairly obvious. And, you know, it can change the landscape of the game and stuff. So, you know, for me, I fully expect that we're going to be playing late into the season again with an opportunity to compete for the national championship. Um, the hope is it will be sharp enough on that championship uh, day uh, to compete to win. And honestly, I thought last season we were. I thought we were quite good in the final. Uh, I thought we dominated the game in so many different ways, uh, but we didn't score the goals when we had the chances. And if you leave the other team hanging around, well, they're good teams. They got there for a reason, mm-hmm. and um, and things can happen. So um, I think today the Swedish team is going to be quite disappointed uh, in their game against Canada in the first half. They were ahead one nothing. Uh, they didn't come out with the same focus and intensity in the second half. Let Canada come in back into the game, uh, gave a penalty kick, and uh, now all of a sudden Canada is the uh, Olympic champion. Where Sweden probably feels that you know for a large part of the game they were the better team. Yeah, yeah, and that, that has to be so difficult when you think about it because you're like, you know, you think about the NBA, the NHL you have, you know, a seven-game series to decide the winner. But you guys are kind of like March Madness where, you know, the best college basketball team doesn't always win a national title. One upset happens and, you know, everything goes from there. So it's got to be tough. But like you mentioned, you've been on the right side and the wrong side a few times. Um, But looking at this year, you guys have 10 of 11 starters returning. How exciting is that, especially once Gabby comes back with her gold medal? Um, And I love – your answer earlier, how you're saying you're not going to sandbag us. You guys are going to be a good team. And I think most people would agree with that. Yeah. Um, we're excited about, it. we have a, a really good roster and, and we have a really good schedule as well. So you kind of put the two elements together and um, um, it has the makings for a very good season. And, you know, we, we have good players all over the field. We have really good players coming off the bench as well. And, and that's what makes me feel as confident about the quality that we have. I think that we have a lot of kids that could start in any given day. And now it's a matter of us managing the roster and understanding 
um, that last year was a different year and that uh, the volume of training and playing that they did last year will have an effect on them this year and uh, making sure with our strength and conditioning and our medical team and, and so on that we're managing the team so that we can be both successful and keep the players healthy. And coach, that's a great point because you kind of hinted at it. We went almost the length of like a college basketball season just for, you know, women's soccer, which, which isn't typically the case. Um, so obviously managing injuries is going to be interesting, but how's the conditioning of the team? Is it, did that at least help you guys as far as them, you know, with such a short break coming back almost in not quite mid season form, but in better than a typical, you know, training camp. Yeah, I think you hit on something. We have a, a collection of type A personalities. They're that way in the classroom, uh, in the community, and on the field. And um, the fitness, the first thing we do here at Florida State and many teams around the country is uh, we do a test. It's called the beep test, and it's uh, really a, a measure of their fitness. And our kids came back and uh, blew it away. So I think that uh, they've taken the summer uh, to get some rest first and foremost, and then probably for the last six or eight weeks got after it pretty hard. Uh, the testing results were, were excellent, probably the best we've ever had. So I think from a, a physical and a psychological um, point of view, they're in a good spot. Yeah. And you guys, you know, that uh, no, uh, you're jumping right into things, you know, Texas A&M has a pretty good program. That, that's the first game of the season. We're all really excited. Um, I, I feel like you need to give Jimbo a text and say, Hey, you, you need to watch out because we're coming here. Uh, but just talk about opening the season that's you know we see it in college football a lot like a big opening weekend game as opposed to you know the fcs school that's just a warm-up uh so you guys have to be ready to play from uh, game one this year yeah for sure uh, a&m is always a top 10 team they've uh, had great runs uh, both in the sec and through the national tournament for an awful lot of years uh a lot of talented kids a lot of a lot of kids from uh, texas and that's certainly a hotbed of uh of uh, youth soccer here in um, here in the U.S. Uh, and their coaches do an exceptional job with them. So we, we fully understand that uh, we'll have our hands full in that first competition. Uh, but, you know, when you're when you're at Florida State, you should be playing the, the, the best. And, uh, you know, we're trying to get all of the best teams around the country to to play and uh, have that experience so our kids can learn and grow. Uh, we're, we're always playing our best when we've played against good players and uh, and the best programs. I think going out winning a game uh, five, six, seven, zero doesn't really do your team a whole lot of good. Um, you talked about this and you know the, the the expectation with with FSU soccer is is much like the FS the expectation that FSU football has has had for a long time, right? Like expectations have changed now a little bit with, with football, but we hope that, that they're building back, but the title, the expectation is a title, right? And it, it is the national championship. And that's why, that's why oh, it's really why all programs exist, but that's certainly why your program exists right here. Um, what, uh, what's that like to, you know, to have that kind of expectation? Do you, do you feel kind of that target on the back from, from other teams of maybe, you know, you guys have played in a lot of finals and stuff, but maybe at other times in your career where you weren't like the team to beat, is it, is it different carrying that weight? Is it more weight? Is it tougher on the players or, you know, what, it, I mean, obviously you have the talent to back it up, but what is it like to kind of have that target on the back? Well, I think we all know coach Bowden and his staff set such an absolutely uh, fantastic um, uh, level of expectation here in the athletic department. And uh, we're all so grateful for what he did uh, back in the day. And uh, I feel fortunate that I had a chance to be here at Florida State during part of his time. 
Um, I look at the program that uh, Mike Martin established here and the excellence. Uh, you know, some of the records that he established here are just mind-boggling, right? Mm -hmm. It's just unbelievable with the number of wins and 40 wins in 40 seasons. I mean, I, I don't know how you, you, you even think about things like that, but, um, you know, Coach Martin and his staff and all those great players that have come through. We look at Sue Samurai, what, what a great job she's done. And, um, you know, so many of the programs around here, Bob Raymond and the track program. So I think the level of expectation around here has been um, really, it's about excellence. And, um, you know, when I came here, when Mr. Hart brought me here and, uh, we, we talked about competing for national championships, competing for ACC championships. And, uh, you know, for me, I don't feel any more pressure or less pressure uh, based on the success or failure um, of one game to the next, nor uh, the season. We know that we're going to be a good team. We know we're going to play and prepare the best we can. We're going to give every opponent we have uh, the ultimate respect of uh, full preparation and, uh, and going out uh, with the idea of competing to win the game. So, I don't, I don't feel any more pressure or less pressure whether our team is uh, coming off playing in the national championship game, winning the national championship, you know, going out in the round of four or, or eight or whatever it is. You know, here the expectation is that we're going to give our finest effort and we're going to be uh, playing as deep into the season as we can. Um, I know you may not want to give precedence to one game over another or this or that. Uh, what I will ask you and what a lot of fans like to hear is – uh, when you get the opportunity to play against the rivals, um, how how special is that? You know, and not, not to give them a ton of bulletin board material or anything on here, but I don't know how many of them are listed anyway. But how how special is it to to play against and beat the rivals? You know, whether it be ACC rivals or you know the two big ones in state, Miami and Florida. Yeah, I, I, first of all, I'm sure that everyone's listening to this with you guys. Uh, <laughs> come on, don't sell yourself short. But, uh, so in, in our world, of course, um, you know, the, the the local rival for us is is the University of Florida. And uh, they've had such a great program over the years. I, I came in here and uh, they were uh, a well-established program. They'd won a national championship and uh, they, they've been dominating the SEC. Um, and honestly, um, I consider um, the coach who's recently retired to, to be a friend, far far better than uh, I think you're supposed to as a Florida, Florida State rival. Um, but we, we've had as healthy a relationship as you could possibly ask for, uh, respectful. Um, recently, we've uh, been able to uh, win a little bit more than we've been able to lose against them. Uh, but it certainly did uh, help to to motivate us to to be good and to be great uh, outside of the University of Florida. The rival that I see is the University of North Carolina. And I don't know whether they view us as a rival or I just view them or we view them as a rival because they have so many, uh, such a wonderful history and uh, so many championships that, you know, Carolina women's soccer set the bar for excellence in the world of women's soccer. And uh, in so many ways, I'm appreciative of what they've done because it, it showed us what we had to do to be great. And, uh, you know, in recent times we've, uh, we've, uh, fared very well against them. Uh, but, uh, but there's no shortage of respect coming from me and my office and my team, uh, for what both Florida and, and Carolina have done. But, um, it, it does, it does feel pretty good when you win those games. So you guys play Florida, um, a couple of nights before we'll all be in town for Labor Day weekend. So I'm trying to move my, for anybody listening or watching, if you move your trip back to Thursday instead of Friday, you can go watch Florida State hopefully beat 
the Gators on that Thursday evening. Uh, yeah, it should so, be great. We we have great crowds for that game too. I mean, the, the folks come out and you know the the whole bleachers are full. The parking garage across the way, the whole top of it, the tailgaters are there, and uh, it's really an electric atmosphere. It's become a, a wonderful soccer rivalry, and uh, I think it's good for the game and it's good for the state. Yeah, Coach, I know when I was at school, that, that was my favorite place to watch the game was the parking garage, right? We could have a cooler of beer. We could watch y'all play. Uh, that, that was definitely the good times. Um, something new to college sports that, you know, I'm sure you, your team, the university, all of the college world is having to adjust to is this name, image, and likeness. Um, and, and I personally, I love that the players have the ability now to make money off of their own name, image, and likeness. I think of someone like, you know, Dana Castellanos from uh, Venezuela who had over a million Instagram followers while she was at Florida State, probably one of the most popular athletes, regardless of sport or gender in Venezuela. Um, just what what are you guys, how are you guys approaching this with the players as far as, you know, I know we have the Apex program, but it's got to be weird as a coach because this is something that's never happened before. Is it a welcomed addition? Because uh, it's cool to see these players now have this opportunity um, kind of on their own to, to go figure it out. But the, the window's open. And I think, you know, women's sports has a huge opportunity here, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. And you mentioned uh, Dana Castellanos, and uh, um, she probably would have set one heck of a high bar with um, having, as you said, 1.2, 1.3 million Instagram followers or Twitter followers or whatever, and uh, probably would have been worth an awful lot of money um, had they had NIL back in the day. But um, for me, I think it's great that uh, that these players are getting um, a piece of the pie. And uh, if, if there are uh, different businesses, corporations out there that are looking and thinking that uh, uh, there are certain players that uh, would represent them and their business uh, in the, the right fashion, and it's uh, agreeable to both parties, that uh, it can make an awful lot of sense. So, you know, from my point of view, um, the goal with our team is for when they're with us to concentrate on their play and their development, and um, our goal is to help them continue to uh, refine their um, their, their skills so that they're going to be able to go and have a life following college as professional players, as Castellanos is uh, over with Atletico Madrid at this time. And as so many of our kids are um, playing as pros now, but you're right, it is a new world. Uh, there are new opportunities, there are new beginnings, and there are there, there will be players out there. And I think we have a couple of them already, and maybe more than that, um, that are going to profit off of NIL. And um, I think we'll all learn about it as it happens. Uh, There's certainly no uh, path to follow because no one's been down there before. Um, we talked with some different coaches about this. And I like to ask every coach that, that we have on um, just kind of their take on it, their thoughts around it. Um, I understand what booster support does just for the, you know, the general fund and, you know, how that impacts things. But just from, from your perspective, maybe something that you could share um, with our listeners who maybe are considering becoming boosters, maybe a way that it's impacted players on your team or just, you know, whatever direction you want to take that. But I'll, I'll give you a second to talk about booster support and how it directly impacts your program. Yeah, I think it's vital. I mean, all of these, uh, it's an arms race around the, the country and uh, everyone is trying to, um, 
um, make sure that uh, our that their facility is uh, comparable to the competition and that uh, the travel is comparable and uh, the apparel and all of the different elements and uh, you know, the the booster support is just vital for for our ability to continue to recruit good kids uh, to be able to provide different technologies to uh, help the players uh, learn grow and stay healthy so you know from my point of view I look at the the booster uh, piece as an absolutely vital piece of our athletic department and every athletic department and you know the more help and support they give us the more our opportunity to be great um, increases yeah and, and coach obviously uh, anyone who's paid attention to your program knows you get elite talent to tallahassee and it's not just from the united states you, you recruit worldwide and the importance of that booster fund to help that recruiting budget so it you know, not as much of a question, but just a statement to the listeners. If you like having a uh, soccer team that's competing for national championships every single year, that's a huge help because, you know, it helps coach go out, you know, to Venezuela and get someone like a, like a Dana. And it's just awesome. I love seeing that um, the international athletes that you bring into the program, it, it's really boosted it to a level that, you know, when I was in school, I wasn't sure we'd get to and to see it there now. I love it. Well, I appreciate that. We, we certainly have the maybe maybe among the most diverse um, uh, programs uh, in the country. With um, as you said, we have a player from China, we have a player from uh, Japan, uh, we have European players, we have of, of course a, a, a boatload of American players, local um, kids from here in Florida, uh, kids from as far to the west as California. So, you know, we we have an awful lot of players. We we are searching and, and looking around the world for. Uh, those players that are top players, but also uh, really do care about their academics and uh, and want to be good people. I love that. Uh, not only do you recruit internationally, you send them back out internationally. I, I'm a big international soccer fan. Some heartbreaking news yesterday with uh, Messi leaving Barcelona, but it's cool with Dana over at Atletico Madrid. Like I, I drove right by there or I walked right. We, we wouldn't have a car, but I walked right by Atletico Madrid stadium when I was in Madrid a couple of years ago. And um yeah, now I want to go back wherever Messi goes to to see his next match. But uh, yeah, no, it's obviously that being a a big recruiting tool too, like the the talent that you're sending out and um, how successful the program is. A lot of coaches that, that I've talked with um, off air, and I know you can't mention players specifically or anything like that, but a lot of coaches kind of are pairing up a big recruiting weekend um, in Tallahassee for Labor Day. I know you play on on Thursday of that week, um, but you know, and then don't play until the next Thursday. Do you have a big recruiting weekend lined up for that weekend as well? Are you got folks coming in for it? Yeah, we, we, we um, obviously try and coordinate uh, when we're having a home game with when football is playing at home. And sometimes that works out great. And other times it doesn't work out quite so well. But uh, um, for our Florida game, uh, we, we think that there'll be a good crowd here. We have a number of our top kids coming in and, uh, and, and there's, there's football as well. So, you know, Coach Norvell and his staff are, are top class. They're doing uh, uh, just a great job, and um, we're looking forward to supporting them as they continue to grow that program back to what uh, Coach Bowden and uh, and uh, Coach uh, Fisher uh, brought the brought to great heights. Yeah, we know you'll be busy that weekend, but we're going to have a tailgate right up next to Doak, and we'll have plenty of Guthrie's chicken tenders if, if you uh, get a minute to stop by and grab some. <laughs> the opportunity to have a little uh, Guthrie's chicken seems like that's incentive enough to <laughs> hang out with you guys. That's the big well, bonus, Coach. Yeah. You hang out with us now. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Coach uh, Krikorian, thank you. the real Coach K, thank you so much for taking some time and, and hanging out with us. We're so excited for your uh, – 
for your upcoming season. Like I said, I'm trying to try to get my wife to let me move the trip back in the evening so that I can make it up for the Florida game. But uh, well, tell your you. wife that she needs to support women in sport. I mean, I'm telling you, make it a gender issue. <laughs> I thought she, wasn't she an athlete as well, TJ? She was. Yeah. The the bigger issue is the leaving her for like five days with the two kids. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, she's uh, not coming now. Yeah, it's, okay. it's a it's a it's a staying married issue. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, she may come. We're, we're trying to figure it out now or giving the grandparents two kids for five days. So anyway, well, cool. Well, Coach, thank you so much again for, for coming on. We really do appreciate it. And uh, we wish you guys all the best of luck. Uh, and we'll let you know where the tailgate and when it's, when it's going on is. <laughs> it's a pleasure, guys. I appreciate your time and your interest in our program. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thanks, buddy. All right, Thanks, see ya. See you guys. Mark Krikorian, the real coach K that, that's the title of the episode, the real yeah. coach K um, we're not, what did you, what did you say? We're not reloading. We're not rebuilding. We're just yeah. trying to win. We're not you know? rebuilding. I, I love that. Uh, I love it. You, you get that from coaches so often where they say, you know, yeah, that, like he said, you know, the coaches try to sandbag the team. Like you, Mike Norvell's doing it right now. And granted, obviously he's not at a national championship level team uh, coming off three wins, but you know, Jimbo did it seemingly every year, even when he had this thing rolling, uh, but he's like, no, we're going to be good. And I'm here to tell you, we're going to compete late into the season. And the goal is to win a national championship and nothing less. And I love a coach with that mentality and that you see what it's done for the program. So I, it, that was very refreshing to hear someone being so blunt and honest about how he feels about his team. Yeah, no, like I, I like it. I like uh, it reminds me of. Uh... I mean, it reminds me of MJ, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, no, no, we're going to win. Man. Like, we're going to go back out and win. Like, in all the greats, MJ, Kobe, Brady, yeah. like, yeah, I'm not coming back for one more year yeah. just to just to be good or and just you be could, average. Like, we're going to win. And you could hear, like, it wasn't, you know, false bravado like we've seen from some athletes or, or coaches, yeah. at, no matter if college or pro, whatever. Like, he was, you know, very matter of fact, like, yeah, we're, we're going to be good. We're going to compete late, and we want to win a title. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. So he was awesome. I really am. I, it's it's going to be tough to get up there on Thursday night, but I really would like <laughs> to get up there, um, you know, probably cover the game for, for us. But uh, either way, we'll, we'll kind of see how it works out. Uh, thanks for hanging out, guys. We appreciate it. We do have a giveaway going on on our Instagram. If you're watching this, go to Double Fries Pod on Instagram. Uh, Richie's giving away a couple of tickets to a Bucks game coming up next weekend against the Bengals. That's the 14th, so that is a week from Saturday. Check that out. Um, you just got to tag two friends, follow us, and share it to your story, kind of like every other giveaway on Instagram ever. Um, but uh, check that out. Win a couple of Bucks tickets. If you're not in the Tampa Bay area, you could maybe donate them to charity. You could give them to a friend. You could give them to me. Um, I'm probably not going, but uh, it's, a, it's a good thought. So go check out our Instagram. Go check out the giveaway. Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee, 1818 West Tennessee, 2550 North Monroe. Appreciate their support. Definitely excited to get up there and tailgate with those guys. Um, a whole bunch of fried chicken. If you want to come to the tailgate, slide in our DMs. We'll talk with you about getting there. And uh, no charge. We're not charging anybody anything no. for it, but we'd love to hang out. We'd love to see you guys up in Tallahassee. Hang out with some of these FSU coaches, some of these FSU legends that we've interviewed. And, uh, you know, I think that'd be, uh, I think it'd be a good time. So, yeah. um, anything else for you before we get out of here, you got any, uh, you got any shout outs, you got a song for us, anything like that? 
Uh, nothing today, man. It's a, uh, it was a rough day. I, I got to work at four 30 so I could make sure I had left in time to, uh, get here and do this interview, but I was not going to miss the chance to interview a national championship winning head coach two at times. Florida state, two time national title. Um, the wife won't be home for a few hours. So I'm, I might sneak out and try and get nine holes in real quick. Well, we'll see. Um, that sounds like something you would do. Um, uh, song. I can't think of anything. How about how about we play the Canadian national anthem uh, in honor of Gaddy oh, for gosh. winning it, winning a gold medal? I think that's Sound, fair. Sounds good. If I can find a, um, <laughs> if I can find an edition of the animals singing it, that'll that'll be the one that I. Oh, use. that's the um, one. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> it. See if I can that's find it. somebody's phone recording of it. So, that's congrats it. to uh, Team Canada, Gabby Carl for winning a gold medal today and. Congrats to us for getting another national, another two-time national champion yeah. on the pod. So, uh, thanks to my guy Brett over at uh, FSU Soccer for setting that up. Um, all right, cool. We'll see you guys Sunday. I told you guys we might have a pop up. We will not have a pop up between now and then. I don't I, like literally nothing could happen that would make me get on this mic tomorrow. So we will see you guys on. Su- I say that, and like the wildest thing ever will happen, and we'll do it. But uh, we'll see you guys Sunday. Until then, go Knowles. 